boy screws loose, they done stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for me. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all gone. All right. Greetings, chudlings. We are back. Welcome back. Long all-star break. It is Friday uh, afternoon, about 3 o'clock. A little bit of a delayed recording. Uh, the uh, we're gonna chalk it up. We're gonna blame it on the AT and T hack. I think that that's probably the best thing to go with. Uh, Chuddy's corner was uh, was targeted and attacked. So uh, we're recapping last night's one twenty nine one twelve final uh, score between the Celtics and the Bulls. Uh, Derek White team high twenty eight points. Um, overall, just a pretty uh, pretty business. As you like to say, a pretty business like win. I'd say um, I am your host, Dugouts. Uh, not nearly as tanned as Scalabrini was coming back from the All-Star break, but it's good to be here. Uh, you are Chuddy, King Chuddy. How you doing today? Doing well. Happy to be back. Uh, felt like a lot more than eight days with no Celtics basketball, so uh, if it was any longer, we would have had to start, you know, finding, like, actual hobbies or something. Would have been better. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God it didn't go any longer. <laughs> oh, that would have been a disaster. <laughs> um, uh, before we get started, too, make sure you're following us on Twitter, uh, on X, uh, the show account at Chuddy's Corner. Uh, follow me at Doug underscore outs. Follow Chuddy at King Chuddy. Uh, tweet at us, interact with us. Uh, we always like getting involved with the fans. Uh, make sure you're checking out the website, Chuddy'sCorner.com. Been a big success. We got uh, Chuddy's Power Rankings that go up there weekly. Um, a few other blogs that have been making their way on there. Uh, you can also leave us voicemails to be read on the show. We got some good voicemails. Um, we're piling up a few of those. We're going to have a voicemail show coming up soon. Uh, make sure you, uh, whatever version of uh, podcast streaming you're listening to on, you subscribe there, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, uh, our YouTube page. If you are on the YouTube page, you're noticing the new show graphics, so I hope you enjoy that. Shout out to the graphics team. Uh, I feel like, you know, one of these days we should go back and look at one of the first Chuddy's Corners and just see, like, how far how far <laughs> the show's come in, you know, just less, just one season. It's just been a, some good growth. So, again, shout out to the, shout out to the uh, graphics department. looks great. Um, and also shout out to our sponsor, Nick Prado, Nick Prado Real Estate. Uh, he's got all your real estate needs covered. Um, not just a spokesperson, we are both customers as well. Uh, so he does a really good job. Check out nickprado.com for everything about that. Um, but yeah, so we'll get right into this game. This game was, again, I think I'm going to steal your phrase, business-like. Um, it seemed really balanced. It seemed like every quarter, one player kind of took over the scoring. Derek White, obviously the highest scorer, 28. Jalen at 21. Tatum at 25. Um, just a pretty good game against, uh, you know, not a great Bulls team, but a team that definitely showed a little bit of heart down the stretch. They'd let it to half and stuff. So I'll go ahead and pass it over to you. Give us, uh, give the fans a recap of what happened that game. Yeah, and a, and a potential first-round opponent. You never know. They'll be uh, almost certainly in the play-in play tournament competing for the eighth seed. So you never know. Could be a matchup of things to come. But, yeah, uh, it was good to see, again, Celtics back in action. They seemed like they picked up right where they left off, coming out, looked great in the first quarter. A uh, ton of Derek White, like you said. That was really his quarter as he hit a couple threes. He had, I think, three blocks in the first quarter. He had a steal, <laughs> uh, pick six. He dunked it. He was like, Kind of doing it all in that first quarter. He was awesome. Uh, again, Celtics came out looking great. Picked up right where they left off. Got up to a 31-15 lead in almost no time. Seemed like they had it going on both ends. Uh, they are blocking and stealing everything. They were getting out and running. They were hitting their shots. Everything you'd like to see. Um, 
kind of hit a wall last few minutes of that first quarter. Things got a little bit stagnant. Bulls closed the quarter on an 8-0 run, actually got right back in the game after it seemed like Celtics were just going to completely walk away with it. Uh, second quarter is actually a bit rough. Um, didn't really play great at all. Kind of low energy. Again, just kept up with being stagnant. So, again, saw that whole 16-point lead disappear, actually trailing into the half. Honestly, could have been worse if it wasn't for some incredible shot-making by Jalen Brown. You mentioned how this game, it almost seemed like it was uh, – taking turns by quarter, which kind of star was doing it. Like I said, the first quarter was all Derek White. The second quarter, Jalen Brown, I mean, he put on a clinic. 14 in, the, in that quarter, yeah, he had a couple threes. He had that turnaround with the fadeaway going. Uh, I think he got a nice M1, uh, a little bit of everything. And again, that was really kind of our only offense where it seemed like things had completely stagnated and the Bulls were flying around. They were hitting some shots. Uh, they were kind of bringing it to us in that quarter. So again, could have been, we were down three at the break, which seemed crazy given we were up 16, not much before that, but could have even been a lot worse if not for Brown. Um, and then in the third quarter, it was Tatum's turn. Um, but really the whole team picked it up, especially on the defensive end. You could tell like just a total shift uh, as soon as the second half started, came out looking like a different team. They were locked in, kind of wanted to make a statement, put that one away. Maybe a little frustrated with how they had let that 16-point lead kind of just disappear. We're sort of playing with their food a little bit. And then uh, I think the business-like portion of the program was, especially in that third quarter, as the Celtics retook the lead uh, and built it back up. I think Tatum at 15 in that quarter. Um, and again, he got it going in the mid-range. He had a couple of those plays where it's just, there's no defense for it. It didn't matter. Uh, Caruso is actually doing a really good job on him. Alex Caruso is a good defender for the Bulls. Um, undersized, but he was battling against Tatum, making him work. And I think in that third quarter, Tatum was just like, I'm going to shoot over you. And he had a couple of those fadeaways, kind of got himself going, and then hit a couple threes. And at that point, it's like, the ball it's rolling downhill at you. It was a bit of an avalanche coming at the Bulls. Wasn't much they could do. Um, back to the defense, too. The defense was absolutely stifling in that third quarter. Um, and that was really what allowed us to come back, build that lead up. We took away a lot of their easy looks, cleaned things up on the boards, and again, kept it going. Uh, had 10 steals and 10 blocks through the third quarter. Pretty crazy uh, numbers <laughs> to show what we were doing. And it really did seem like they were just like blocking everything around the rim. Um, and then again, kept it going in the fourth quarter. We were able to put that thing out of reach pretty quickly. Uh, a little more Tatum, a little more D. White, and uh, a lot of Luke Cornett, who was really good, uh, especially in that second half. He had his own like personal dunk contest at one point. I think he had like two putbacks and like a uh, stuff off a of Tatum kind of missed shot, kind of assist uh, where he threw it down. Had crazy celebration with like a bunch of dabbing that uh, <laughs> Drew and Scal were making fun of him for, but he played great. He, I think he had like four dunks just in that one shift uh, between the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Um, he was a big part of it. Peyton Pritchard came in, hit a few threes, and then uh, kind of got to coast to an easy victory that, again, it, it looks easy. If you watched just the beginning and the end, you probably would have thought this was cakewalk, but credit to the Bulls. They played him hard, especially um, in that second quarter, and the Celtics just overtook them when they had to. So, again, as we keep saying, business-like, they did take care of their business and uh, made sure that that you know second quarter was just a little blip, uh, played really good team basketball in the second half, and uh, back to winning ways, seven win in a row. Uh, I think seventh road win in a row as yeah, well. Uh, they haven't lost since that kind of egg they laid in Milwaukee on that weird game where we only played half the game. That was the last road loss for the Celtics. So uh, it's been a pretty impressive run since then. And uh, the Cavs lost as well last night. So I think we're all full, is it seven, seven and a yeah. half games up in the East? Pretty crazy. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to start looking at magic numbers pretty soon before you know it here. So uh, I think that business-like theme will probably be be more of a theme as we keep going and it'll be hard to kind of not get complacent as we're staring uh the light at the end of the tunnel with the playoffs obviously and the bigger this league gets i think the tougher it's going to be to probably bring this level of focus every single night but good start to this unofficial second half of the season
Yeah, and we're gonna definitely we're gonna get into it a little bit later about that stretch run, kind of what to what what we're looking for and what we're kind of hoping to not see and things like that. But um, as far as tonight's game goes, uh, yeah, I think the way that the the scoring was sort of balanced, it was White twelve points in the first quarter, Jalen fourteen in the second. Tatum 15 in the third and then White again had 10 points in the fourth. It was just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, the offense, the offense is just, there's just so <laughs> much. And it, it, it's yeah. one of those things too where it's funny, like Drew Holiday only had five shot attempts tonight. Right. And, you know, it's, and it's it was just a crazy. pretty quiet Porzingis shot too. He had a bad shooting night, like didn't really play that well. Um, yeah. Didn't like play poorly, just didn't make shots really. Um, and offense still scored what, 129 points. Yeah, exactly. That That's like the, that's like the thing, you know, it, it's, you know, when you have a guy, Drew Holiday, who was like a number two on a really good team just yeah. last year. Um, yeah. And I think it's he was an all-star last year, which I forgot yeah, about. And it's a it's credit crazy. to him too, to, to kind of be able to, to do that and not sort of get frustrated mm-hmm. and things like that, because it's got to be a little assist. bit weird, but uh, what's that? He did lead the team in assists last night. So it's not like he's not contributing on offense, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like you said, for a player that's that's here to basically be content, just like not shooting and scoring. <laughs> yeah, I think Pretty um, cool. I think uh, it's it's weird to me that teams still don't meet Derek White like dribbling up the floor, like with when he's coming up the floor with the ball, like kind of slowly. There was a couple mm-hmm. times where, and again, it's like it's one of those things where, like. I always am like, pass, they got to pass, they got to do more passing. But then like Derek, Derek White, I don't know, that that just like dribbling <laughs> up and just stopping and being like, okay, like I'll shoot. Like right. if you're not going to meet me on this side of the three-point line, then yeah. like I'm going to pull it up. And it, the shot was obviously falling tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, yeah, he was 5 of 10 from three. So yeah. like that, you know, I think that it's kind of bizarre still that teams haven't really caught on to that. There was another time too where um, I forget, it might have been sometime in the second quarter. I actually took a picture of it. Maybe I'll tweet it out. But like, they were like shading over to, to double team Tatum and they just left mm-hmm. Derek White just wide open at the three point line. He's he's basically he's become like a pretty elite three point shooter. Um so again, I think yeah. that I don't know when teams I hope they never do, <laughs> but um well, it, it, it seems like teams just are are aren't really like sometimes respecting Derek White's three point shot. And today he obviously made him pay. You know, we said twenty eight points, five to ten from three, mm-hmm. he had three blocks, two steals. Those three blocks in the first quarter was just when he had like the two on back to back plays, I thought like Drew Carter was going to fall out of his chair. He was like so fired <laughs> up for that. That was cool. Um, but it was a great sequence, led to a Jalen and one on the other end too. So it's like yeah. again, those hustle plays, um, yeah. you know, they make all the difference for us. And uh, his blocks too. It's not like you sit, you look at some little guard thinking, oh, he's like getting these like weaselly little blocks. Like he was just like stuffed Vucevic like twice on like hook shots around. Yeah, the he's like, like six those foot are like ten, center yeah. type blocks. Like it wasn't, yeah, yeah not what you typically think of for like yeah. guard blocks. He's down there just like defending post moves against centers and blocking shots. So. Yeah, he's averaging one point two blocks a game now, which is you know yeah. obviously pretty impressive for a guy of his size. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was seeing that some people are thinking that we need to get the the Derek White Defensive Player of the Year fire up the uh propaganda mm-hmm. machine to get that going i don't know if i don't know if he'll be able to get it but i mean yeah it's one of those things where he won't <laughs> no he definitely won't but it's not it's there to dream um yeah but i it's think it's kind it's of similar of those to... things where just his size just makes it i just think so much more impressive i mean he's not definitely and he's a he's a decent just like on like you know ball defender perimeter and stuff like that but um mm. just that extra kind of thing where he just gets up there and just blocks guys it's yeah crazy it's just, the, for the just his timing yeah his timing and it's just like instinct stuff you can't even teach where it's like he just knows exactly when to be in the spot and to get there because like you said it's against guys who are sometimes almost a foot taller than him and it's not like you know Derek's a good athlete but it's not like he's a freak athlete who plays like above the rim either it's just all like timing instincts yeah. and just again right place at the right time but yeah Derek was awesome and again I think a lot of what you said speaks to what we were kind of just saying about how it's like pick your poison with the Celtics where obviously, you know, as long as 
Brown, Tatum, and even Porzingis are on this team, like, those are going to be the, the defense is never coming into the game, like, focus on Derek White. He's always mm-hmm. going to be thought of as the third or fourth option, which, you know, tonight he led the team at points, but I think generally, like, that is fair, um, and it's hard, and that's, you know, like I said, you pick your poison, you take Brown and Tatum away, who both for their... I mean, I thought Brown and Tatum were both fine, but neither of them had a lot of points or shots. Um, I think they had, what, 25 and 21? So, like, yeah. fine, but not, not like, crazy. So, it's like, the if you're the Bulls, you're like, okay, we did a pretty good job taking away the two All-Stars. We did a great job against Porzingis, their third guy, and it's like, great. Now Derek White's just killing us. Like, you can't, you can't literally can't stop all of them. I mean, the Bulls are yeah. a great defensive team, but again, Caruso's their best player um, defensively, and he has to guard Tatum. But he's, like, also a guard, so then, again, it's just, like, everything's shifted around, so you, you're probably hiding, like, your worst defender, at least worst perimeter defender, on white, just, like, by default, because there's just nowhere else to put him, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to make you pay. So a lot of that, like I said, it's just, like, going into a game against the Celtics, you almost have to choose what you're going to live with, and, you know, a lot of teams are probably going to choose, like, we'll just hope that Derek White doesn't have a great night. And we saw, I mean, he slumped for a while, and I think it was just last game i mean obviously it was a week ago at least at this point but it was one of the last few games i think you and i were talking and saying how like the celtics especially their offense almost goes as white goes and when he's on like that and scoring 20 plus points like the team's just about unbeatable um so again like i didn't think the balls really played poorly and some of that stuff's gonna happen but again if you're a coach going in and you're like what do we want to force the celtics to do and it's like okay if they're gonna have a a possession with zero passes uh and Derek white takes a three like think they're just gonna have to live with the results almost yeah yeah but it, it but it still can be the results can still sometimes Definitely. be pretty deadly but you're right you're right to that point it's like if you you are just trying to figure out you know we don't want to let this person beat us then all right well then there's still like two or three other people and again we mentioned <laughs> drew holiday he didn't have a lot of shots tonight but he's a guy too that you know so if it's it like, okay well let's focus on Derek. but then right. it's like it could be him too so mm-hmm. um yeah it just it really is and i think that we'll get into that a little bit more um we kind of get down the stretch run but i do think that that white just coming out the way he did this game out of the all-star break. Um, yeah. You know, that was, that was really good to see from him. Um, and, and you mentioned Cornette too. He had 10 points, just a, just an overall. I mean, I think that th- those uh, first three, and I'm not including Al on this, but like those first three, the Cornette, Hauser, and Pritchard, each of them, Hauser had eight points, Pritchard yeah. had nine points, Cornette had 10 points. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that even just getting like that kind of scoring off your bench yeah. um, is just, that just, again, it makes it so much harder for teams to have to deal with, you know, when you have guys, yeah. the, the starters can be so effective. Um, and then even when they're off the floor, you have those guys coming in. Um, Pritchard hit some like corner three that was crazy. He, he like sort yeah. of passed it to Hauser and Hauser passed it back. But the guy was still like closing in on him. Like he put that shot up. I was like, Jesus, that's a hard <laughs> shot. And then yeah. and, uh, right away. It was awesome. Hauser had that play too, where he like dribbled up the floor and like did like pump fake to, uh, the pass to Tatum and then like shot it himself, like right off the pump, like went into the shot, buried to three. Uh, I think that was like extended the lead from into double digits and like never looked back. Bulls called timeouts. That was like a huge play. But yeah, I mean, those guys, and that's just demoralizing. We mentioned, you know, Derek White's one thing, but it's like you slow down the whole Celtic starters and then Pritchard and Hauser are hot coming in too. Cornette's <laughs> dunking it down your throat every other play. And it's just like, you know, yeah. that just, that'll kill a team's morale pretty quickly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny just seeing how much uh, Cornette is kind of just, I don't know. He's, he's just became, I feel like, a really solid, reliable player. Like, I know a lot of Definitely. people wanted to see a lot more of Tillman. I think he's going to have to like, kind of earn his way in. I think he's a great player. I think he's a good player, and he's going to be good for us. Um, mm. But, you know, I wasn't, I'm not expecting him to just come right in. And I don't think that, I think that Cornette has sort of earned the right to sort of, you know, kind of yeah. be able to hold off on that role. I mean, um, he showed it Absolutely. tonight. I think that 
you know, when, when that kind of, when that sort of thing happens, I feel like he usually rises to it. Like when uh, Kato was kind of having his little moment there, yeah. you, you, you saw Cornette's play get better. It's like, you can almost kind of sense that like, okay, well, you know, nothing, nothing is guaranteed. Like he's, he's not a player who has any guaranteed role or position on the team. Mm-hmm. So he's got to, he's got to fight and earn for it. Um, so it was good to see him do that tonight again. The the dabbing, the, like <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. someone dab in so long. That was just like so I think uh, I think Drew. What did Drew say? He said he was something like he's like, "Hey, Luke, 2016 called. Like they want their moves back." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's and that's just got to be a pretty very on brand. If you're, for Cornette, if you're playing basketball and you see like Cornette just Cornette like dabbing up on you mid game, it's like oh god, like not yeah. not from the bench, like going up the floor. He's like, I'm just gonna. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty demoralizing for anybody. Yeah. No, he was he was really good though, especially in that third quarter. Had a couple couple of awesome putback dunks, which rocking the rim completely. Um, yeah. And I mean, that was one of the places where the Bulls were kind of saying in the game we highlighted it a little bit coming in. But Vucevic was a beast out though. I think he had like fourteen rebounds. Um, and he he was getting it going in that first and second quarter too. A big part of that Bulls run was uh, we were having a hard, real hard time with Vuce. And it's funny they almost like accidentally due to injuries fell into that lineup where they play like the twin towers with Vucevic and Drummond, which is like counterintuitive to how the NBA works in <laughs> this era to play two bigs who, I mean, Vucevic has been awful shooting threes this year. Like, so almost two like non floor spacing big guys at once, but it kind of works for them. Um, they were making us work inside and I thought that was a part of their run, but uh, Celtics were able to handle it and largely with Luke Cornett's presence coming in and kind of shifting things with his size and physicality. So great to see. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Um, did you uh, did you make anything of? I mean, Horford only played twenty two minutes. Is there? You think there's anything just just one of those nights where? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm sure he was fully healthy and rested. I think at this point, um, you know, as we've kind of alluded to it, this we're in that especially point of the season now where it's like let's just get to the get to the playoffs. So I think if there's a night where. Al plays 22 minutes and you can comfortably win and don't need to put him back in. Great. And I think that as much as anything too, is a big part of getting Tillman and with uh, Cornette playing well, it's like, if we can survive playing him that little awesome. And I mean, a lot of that, I don't think he played the fourth quarter. So I'm sure if it was a closer game, he probably comes in and plays, you know, five, six more minutes closer to 30 and it's probably nothing. But um, again, like we stretched the lead out from like nine to 22 with Cornette in there. So at that point it's like, well, no reason to go back to Al now. But I mean, I thought he, Looked fine, didn't score any points, but uh, didn't really need to. And again, just one of those guys where it's like, all right, happy to keep Al on ice until we uh, inevitably need him, because we definitely will, and I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll be ready when we do. But it's like he knows, as well as anyone, he can pretty much like read the room, look around, and be like, all right, they don't really need me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had, I think he had like five rebounds, but I think that was pretty much it. He didn't have any, he didn't score, I think he took one shot, too. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just like when I was writing down you know, everything, I'm just kind of like, I feel like I don't barely even remember, like, seeing Al even out there. Yeah. And then, sure enough, he was only out there for 22 minutes, so yep. it was definitely a little something to that. Mm-hmm. Um, did I have, oh, um, is, do you think we might possibly see a little Mac, masked Hauser coming up after that shot he took? Yeah, friendly <laughs> fire, too. He got absolutely thrilled yeah. by uh, Cornette flying elbow, uh, obviously yeah. not on purpose, but yeah, he got rocked in the face pretty good. Um, he came back in the game, right? So, I mean, I think... Yeah, he'll be all right. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll. Yeah, see I, I still like when Jalen got hit. He came back in the game, and then he had the mask on after. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be wrong uh, about that. I can't. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll based to... that on just straight vibes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're probably right because in the moment it's like, well, I don't know. I, I, all you're really risking is, I guess, getting hit again, and it gets worse. Yeah. But um, I mean, at that point, if you're like 
once you get over the pain, like, I don't think there's any, like, it's not really affecting how you're playing out there, I wouldn't think. So, yeah, yeah well, let's get a nice mask on uh, Hauser for next game. <laughs> See if that all helps. Um, yeah, that would be cool to do a uh, couple of back-to-back seasons with a little masked person for the run there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jay yeah, has I mean... the mask on this year, hasn't he? What's that? Didn't Jalen have the mask on at this point? Uh, this year one, at one point? No. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I thought it was last year. Was he masked this year? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> thought Maybe. he was. I know he liked yeah, it. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he went full Rip Hamilton, but. <laughs> no, no, not quite. He'd still be wearing it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have anything? I'm just kind of trying to look over. Again, you mentioned, you mentioned Porzingis didn't really have a great shooting night. He had yeah. 14 points. He had three blocks, though. So, again, he's doing a lot defensively. They were talking a little bit on the broadcast, too, about what um, kind of having him out there sort of does for. Right. Um, just like the defense just having like that mm-hmm. guy that just his gravity be... on yeah. both ends really the rim protection on one end and then there's just stretching the floor on the other where even tonight yeah he shot two of nine on threes but that's something that the defense has to respect and again when they're trying to play Vucevic and Drummond you know the more you can drag those guys away from the basket obviously the better so even on a off nights for Porzingis he's, he, his impact is still massive yeah um other little things on this game I thought just it was a cool moment when um Jalen, I think it was in the first half, he just made like a shitty pass, bad turnover, um, you know, and instead of hanging his head, he sprinted back and had an awesome uh, chase down block on Dezumu on a layup on the other end. And those are just the kind of like little things where you can point to and say like, I'm sure, you know, in past it'd be easy to make a dumb boneheaded play like that and kind of just like put your head down and, you know, the other team runs out, gets a layup, you move on. And so to see him just immediately sprint back and get that block was, I think, a cool moment. And again, these are just like winning habits that good teams build. Um, So to see, you know, one of your all-star players doing something like that, pretty cool to see. Um, And then got to mention, of course, we did see our first glimpse of Xavier Tillman, the exterminator, the and Jaden Springer. I like that, Drew. I got a draft, <laughs> graphic coming for you, Drew, for the exterminator. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they didn't, you know, came in at the very uh, very late in the game. It was already decided, um, obviously, but good to see them get on the floor. Weird seeing uh, another 44 on the court as it's been, you know, that was Time Lord's numbers, so seeing Springer out there is a little weird uh, <laughs> in the 44, but good to see that those guys are healthy. The Celtics... You know, knock on wood, but the injury report is looking awfully clean lately, which we love to see. Um, Tillman got it. He blocked like a finger roll layup uh, right almost as soon as he got in there. It's cool stuff. So, again, nothing to really take away from their minutes, but just good to see they're both healthy and uh, out there on the floor available to play. So that was nice to see as well. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, again, the word of the day is just businesslike. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was cool to see Tillman out there. I was I was surprised we saw uh, Springer out there just because kind of what you had said before. We thought he would, he would really be, you know, kind of a out, you know, of a, a next year kind of like long term sort of thing. But you know, it was it was nice to kind of get to see him sort of make his debut and stuff like that. I'm excited yeah. for when those guys get to play in the Garden to kind of get that opportunity mm-hmm. to sort of have that experience. Where I'm sure they'll each get a pretty good ovation and whatever there. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I am excited about Tillman, the exterminator. Um, <laughs> again, I think that. He's going to kind of have to like earn his way into it, especially if the way Cornette's playing. But I do think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, there'll be times when Porzingis or Al is out and he's going to get some pretty extended run in those games. And yeah, it'll just be kind of excited to see that. I saw something too that he's like, he's like, has the, he like per like 48 or per 36 or whatever that stat is, like for steals and blocks. He's like yeah. wicked high on both of those. So someone was saying like, it's like he's pretty big. There's like very exchange. few players in the entire league that average over one steal and one block per game. Um, and he's he, one of them. Ha- yeah. And by far the fewest minutes. Yeah. So 
That's awesome. So he'll fit right in with Celtics, who again had eleven blocks, ten steals tonight. That's <laughs> yeah. that's just got to be so fucking. That's just got to be so frustrating. Yeah, like, just like playing basketball and you're just like getting completely like <laughs> just completely stuffed and blocked all over the place. Um, yeah. So yeah, love to see that. Love to see the active hands uh, still rolling for us. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else specifically from tonight's game? We want to pivot over to the our, to our sort of stretch yeah. run here. Oh, that's, that's really it from this game. Like I said, it's just um, it, it feels was one like of those games where it's like even when they were losing, like you're like they're not gonna lose this game. It's like it's almost right. I don't want to say like boring because it's not boring. It's fun to watch and things <laughs> that, but it's just like one of those things which is like it's like all right, guys, like can we just like <laughs> just like put this game away here, right. like you know, yeah. you guys aren't gonna lose, so we just cut the shit. Like you know, going into yeah. the half losing was just kind of like. Well, that's weird. It felt it's, very weird. Yeah, weird. yeah. No, it did. And again, I mean, the Bulls made a nice push, obviously played really well. And But you're right. For like, it didn't feel like, at halftime, it didn't feel like, oh, no, like we just, you know, lost a 16-point lead. Like, this is some disaster. It's kind of like you said. It was almost like, well, that was weird. All right, let's like come out there. And, <laughs> and like, I love the way they came out in the third right. quarter. Yeah, and they, they did. Were right. Yeah, They like, were thinking the same thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably all Joe said. Guys, what the fuck? This is some weird <laughs> yeah. shit. Um, Pretty much. All right, so all-star break. Again, the halfway point, it's obviously more than halfway through. Celtics yeah. are 44-12. and 12. They have mm-hmm. a seven-game lead in the conference. <laughs> um, they're the be- best team. Uh, they have the best home record, I think best road record. Yep. Uh, best record against teams above 500. Best record against teams below 500. Um, I saw they had the second easiest schedule. I mean, I looked at their next 10 games. I don't really know. <laughs> There's some tough games in that stretch there. Uh, but the, they had the you know the second easiest schedule for the rest of yeah. the remainder of the season. Um, so what like it's it, I feel like it's one of those you, we alluded to a little bit before where it's like it, you want to make sure you're keeping focus. You don't want to you know you don't want to fall into the trap. Um, and I mean I'm guilty of it sometimes this year of you know bad loss like oh my god this means like terrible <laughs> things. But you don't want those to pile up. You want to keep like the regular season. I think that Tatum had this. He's, he had it. I thought it was a pretty good quote where he was saying like you know. People think like the regular season doesn't matter, but you know it's it's where the habits and things are built. So, what are you? I mean, do you have a like? What do you what are you hoping to see from them down the stretch for the remainder of the season to just kind of you know get ourselves ready? Obviously, staying healthy is a huge part of it. But is there anything specifically from the team that you don't want to see that you do want to see for the stretch run? Like, how are you? How are you right. preparing for the stretch run, Chuck? <laughs> yeah, well, I think a lot of it is just finding the right balance between you know resting. And health, which is obviously the top priority, but also, you know, to be playing well. And you see it sometimes in basketball and in other sports where teams do kind of like let their foot off the gas down the stretch. And then it's tough to just like turn it back on once the playoffs starts, especially where, you know, the Celtics at this point, I'd say it's almost a certainty that they're going to get the one or the two seed. So they're going to be playing a team out of the play-in tournament, which means that they're going to be playing a team that's basically already been playing like do-or-die playoff-type yep. games. So whoever we get in the first round is a team that obviously we should beat and will be better than, but it's going to be a team that's hungry and that's already essentially like been in playoff mode. So And might be not, the Miami Heat. <laughs> and we'll over, yeah, yeah. Well, but even if it's not the Heat, it's good. Like the Magic are no slouches. Um, you know, those are the 7 and 8 teams right now. I think the Pacers, even the Sixers, the way they're falling, it could be Philly with Embiid back. So like... The East, we've talked about this too, has changed. Like in the past few years, I feel like there's been a few good teams at the top, and then the bottom half of the East, you're getting like a cakewalk in the first round. There's, unless something weird happens in the play in, like, and, you know, the Bulls or Hawks get in, like, there's going to be eight very, very solid teams. Um, And, you mm-hmm. know, you look up and down the list, and it's like, sure, there's some teams I'd rather face than others, but there's no team where I'm like, oh, we, we want them. Um, 
So again, it's like no matter what, when the playoffs start, we have to be ready to go right away. We can't we can't take a round to be like, all right, let's ramp back up. So that's what I'm looking for really down the stretch. And it's a, it's a little early probably now to do it as there's what 27 games left, but um you know, especially you get down to the last 15, 10 games, that's where I think you want to be ramping up, you want to be peaking, you want to be playing your best basketball. So again, you're not going out and killing yourself to win every single game, but um all about those habits, all about playing the right way and, you know, we're not a not that there are like really any teams that can do this but the Celtics aren't we can't just like flip some switch now and be like all right we can just coast to the rest of the season and then like flip a switch mm-hmm. again I mean this is still two new players in the starting lineup um in Holiday and Porzingis like obviously you know they've been really good fits but there's still more that these guys can like build more chemistry they can grow um you know as good as the team is look they can get a lot better uh they can play better and you know all that stuff there's not a lot of time to practice so it's like I don't want to say treat the games like practices, but in a way, a lot of it is just going out there trying to win, obviously, but also trying to build these habits, trying to learn new things. We've talked all year about how they've kind of been experimenting with like that two and two zone. That's like a more obvious example, but I think other subtle things where it might be certain lineup combinations, um, you know, just certain things where having this lead, we have the luxury to go out and try something and Joe can say like, I'm going to throw this lineup out here for seven minutes and see what happens. And maybe they get mm-hmm. run off the floor and we're like, all right, now we know like not to play that, you know, or whatever. Like <laughs> those guys do not play well together. Okay. Right. But that's kind of the benefit of having this lead is where you can try stuff like that. And we don't have to play Tatum and Brown 42 minutes a night down the stretch to make sure we get every win. Um, so, I mean, obviously again, some combo of playing well, ideally still winning games, but also staying fresh um, and healthy. So it's, you know, it's going to be tough. And I think this might, this is almost like, hard almost harder i think in some ways for missoula to navigate because i think especially the way joe is like as a person you know he approaches every game like he wants to win it yeah like Mm -hmm. so he's probably going to need reminders in some of these games where it's like oh i probably shouldn't like keep playing these starters even though it's a close game or whatever like um so again i think it's all just like really trying to balance everything out um and i mean obviously porzingis and al are the main guys who it's like keep them away from anything. Um, and if, you know, that means sitting out even a few extra games down the stretch that maybe they wouldn't, that aren't back-to-backs, but just anything we can to keep those guys fresh and healthy. Obviously the whole team, but it's like, you know, I'm not like super worried every single game that some of these guys go out there the way I am yeah. about those big guys. Um, so again, balance, 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 playing well, playing the right way, hopefully winning and staying fresh and healthy. Um, but again, not too fresh because I, I think we we see times where teams get too complacent and uh again it's it's really hard to just flip that switch especially when the team we're going to be playing once the playoffs start are already going to be in that mode so we can't afford to take a few games to kind of get our feet back under us so mm-hmm. we want to be ready to hit the ground running when the playoffs start and we also want to be somewhat rested and extremely healthy hopefully so those are those are the keys there and the way that they approach it and do it there's no like perfect uh way to go about it and i think it's probably even different for like every single player like i'm sure you can go to each star and you know ask a guy like tatum like what is best what like almost work with tatum and his people of like what to prioritize like what will help you feel the most ready for the playoffs is it like taking a week off and just doing nothing and resting and relaxing or like do you want to go out there and play every night and stay in a rhythm like i don't know like i think there is probably different yeah i don't know overthink it that not like literally but but you know what i mean like if if he's like, yeah, I could let me rest the last two or three games of the regular season and get, you know, extremely Mm -hmm. like locked in and something, or he might say like, I'm in a good rhythm. I want to keep playing. I want to go in on hot streak. Like, yeah. 
See, I'm more partial. Like, if we do want to kind of give guys rest to kind of do that earlier on, so that we're we're sort of mm. going into the the last few games. Yeah. See, I, I don't really, I've never really liked the idea of like. I mean, and again, it's especially like if we have this lead that we have now, where you know we're not fighting for that one seed. If we had the one seed locked up, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit before, I, I'd rather see them playing those last few games to stay fresh. Because, like you said, those other right. teams are going to be coming in already, sort of battle tested. Um, yeah. Well, and also but, too, another thing now because of the play-in tournament is there is like a decent break anyway. Because the last day of the right. regular season is April fourteenth, uh, it's a Sunday, and then the actual playoffs don't start until the following Saturday. April 20th. So they're going to have either six days or a week off. Right. Exactly. So I'd say, yeah. So I'd rather them kind of stay, stay on the floor to to kind of stay in the rhythm and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything crazy, but like you said, a game here and there. And again, when we have all these good guys, it's like we can rest Tatum for a game. And it's not like we're tanking the game. Like we're still going to have a really good team. If we kind of take turns, like wrestling guys, one game mm -hmm. here, one game there, Uh, we can do it without really compromising a lot of what we're doing. And again, those last few games also can kind of get weird where you look around the league and half the teams might be like, trotting out their G League lineup for one reason or another, like whether they're resting, whether they're going for seeding, whether they're tanking, like whoever they are. So I think that'll be another thing where we might look at a game and if we're going to, you know, we're playing Toronto and they're not playing any of their reasonable players, maybe Joe's like, all right, there's really no reason to have like my starters running out here against borderline mm-hmm. NBA players. Yeah. Um. Uh. So just getting this part of the season, this is kind of where you start to, like really sort of think about like the playoff run you and I were talking about a little bit last night, just kind of like, you know, for the, for the, for this team, like obviously, uh, you know, my feeling is uh, like they, they have to win this year. And this is where you start to kind of think about it. I think something that kind of makes me feel a little bit good about that is the 08. There's like a lot of similarities between us and the 08 team. Like both of them were 44 and 12 at this stage of the season. Both of them had a 10.2 point differential, a plus 10.2. So, it's like I keep trying to like find these stats to just kind of like <laughs> like make me feel like reassure you <laughs> warmer and like safer about yeah. just like yeah. that 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 ultimately being what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just this is this is where this is where I think it's gonna it really starts to get fun. There's gonna be um, you know, some of these games, you know, might you know, seem like a little bit just kind of like a formality or whatnot. We just I mean, we all just want to get to the playoffs at this point too. Healthy, well rested, all the things that you just mentioned. Um mm-hmm. But it is, you know, I think that people should make sure that we're still, like, kind of enjoying uh, the regular season. I know it's easy to say the regular season doesn't matter and whatnot. And to an extent, there might be some some kernel of truth to that in some different points. But um, it's just been kind of fun watching this team. And I think, you know, taking what we've done this regular season and turning that into, um, you know, actionable things in the playoffs is going to be really where, you know, you'll you'll start to, I think, see where the regular season did have an impact. And, like, and that comes with just, like, the, the habits and stuff that they're building. But... It is exciting. It's a huge, it's a seven game lead in the conference. That's just kind of like, you know, it just, it, it's like everything is pointing towards like, okay, like they're going to go, they're going to go out there and win it this year, you know, but you, <laughs> yeah. know, you still want to knock on wood. You still have to put in the work and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to kind of see that here down the stretch run. Um, obviously excited about the, the new guys you brought in. I think Tillman will be kind of a, if he ends up kind of having more of an impact, that could be a pretty good looking back, be like a pretty decent, like kind of trade. Um, and again, to your point about resting Porzingis and Horford, I think having a guy like that there Definitely. makes that a little bit more um, of a possibility. So I'm excited for it. Uh, the stretch run, the unofficial halfway point of the season that <laughs> happens about two thirds of the way through the season. Um, but yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. So here we go. The fun. I think the fun <laughs> really starts now. You said, what did you say? April 14th, the end of the regular season. Yeah. So yeah. So we have like about a month and a half left of the regular season. 
Um, it's going to be exciting. 26. They're 44. 27 games. Oh, yeah, the 26. Yeah. There's 26. Yeah. Wow. It's only 26 more regular season episodes of Chuddy's Corner left. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's just kind of, you know, I think it's kind of important to take a look at what we got coming up um, down the stretch. Again, they say second easiest schedule, but I, I was looking at our, our schedule coming up. There's definitely some like hard. I think we play. Well, second easiest schedule, but I mean, keep in mind, look around the league. There's 20, 20 of like the almost 22, arguably, of the teams are like good to pretty good. So it's like that's part of it is that there's very few just like easy nights for anyone. Um, and I mean, honestly, you have to factor in a big part of like, when they do the calculations on the schedule strength, a part of it is just that we don't play ourselves. Like we're by far the best team and have the best like winning percentage and all that. So we're not facing ourselves. So by default, it's like every team schedule is harder because they have to play the Celtics. We don't. (laughs) Who do you think would win if we played ourselves? Oh, that'd be a battle. Can you do that? Maybe we'll have uh, someone do that on like two K or something like that. Just do Celtics versus Celtics. Like just to see (laughs) if it's just like, just a total battle. Uh, but again, yes, we have. We're going. We're going to talk a little bit later about the Knicks game coming up. Obviously, the Knicks are a little bit banged up. Sixers mm-hmm. are a little bit banged up. But then we have Mavericks. Like this is all in a row. We have Ma- versus the Mavericks, versus the Warriors, at the Cavs, at the Nuggets, at the Suns. I mean, that's a pretty tough stretch of five games right there. It is. Um, but I mean, again, the Warriors. We don't think of them this way, but they're the ten seed right now. So when you're just like the the schedule strength is just right based, based on, on numbers. Yeah, it's, yeah. They're not factoring yeah. in that the Warriors are four-time champions and are on an absolute heater right now. They're just yeah. looking at a team that's a 10 seed, and they're like, oh, that's a pretty easy game. Yeah. I should say after that, we have Blazers, Jazz, Suns again, Wizards, Pistons, Bucks, Pistons, Bulls, Hawks, Hawks. So I guess it does so, get a little so bit lighter after that. Yeah. yeah. It gets a and little bit lighter. there's hard games mixed in there, but again, just look around the league, and it's like, there are be- very few easy games. The fact that we have two against the Pistons, that we have the Wizards in there, we've got the Blazers. Like, yeah, those are <laughs> as easy as they come in the, today's NBA, so. Yep, those will be exciting. <laughs> um, all right, so obviously, all-star break, there's not a whole lot of different things happening around the league. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. I think we're going to you know, break down a little bit of the all-star game and stuff like that. We haven't had a chance to talk about Jalen in the dunk contest and all that. Um, you know, I thought that uh, Jalen's, it wasn't like a very, it wasn't like a super flashy like performance, which I think is what wins you dunk contest. But, you know, I thought that he did a pretty good job. And again, just the fact that he's out there, I think is, you know, I don't think that he just he should just get credit for showing up. It's not that I'm saying that, but it's more just like it's just cool that he was there. And I mean, me personally, I just think the amount of people that were just like shitting on him was just so weird. Like this was this was the thing that made this break the, the longest was all of like the weird things that people who just like will always have negative things to say about the Celtics just came up with. Like mm. I, I almost wish I made like a list of just like the different things that were like <laughs> like that people had problems with. You had like Jalen's dunk contest was like dumb. You had oh I can't believe Tatum hasn't met Larry Bird yet. Like he didn't fly oh. out to French Lick like as soon as he was drafted. Like I, maybe Larry Bird doesn't want people to do that. Like that's kind of what I think. And like who gives a shit? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean like, literally who cares? Like yeah. why does it matter? Yeah. You haven't gone and met this, like, 65-year-old guy. Like, you're not a real Celtic. Yeah. You didn't go help him pave his driveway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm good. Just like, yeah, there was just, like, a whole bunch of different, like, it just, it was, like, there was just, because there was no game, so much random stuff. But we don't need to get into that. Let's, let's, yeah. maybe, like, let's, let's start. What did you think of Jalen's uh, dunk contest performance? What did you think of just the, the whole, like, All-Star weekend? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the whole All-Star weekend in general is kind of, like, meh, I guess. Um, but... <laughs> 
you know, there's the amount of discourse there is, especially after it happened too, like around every single aspect of it and all these like people treating it like it's some giant like national crisis. Like we have to fix the All-Star game. It's like, <laughs> I think it's just like a fun little like exhibition for kids who all still seem to like it and like ratings were somehow up and uh, I know everyone they was like the highest ever. <laughs> Right, so it's like, do we need to fix it? Like, I think it's just, like, fine. <laughs> Not really a yeah. big deal. Um, it just is what it is. Like, what do you, uh, you know, there's coming up with all these ideas, like, well, what if we try this, or, like, make them do this, and this and that, and it's just like, this, like, the NBA is so intense. They get a week off, like, just let them chill. And again, I mean, the whole mm-hmm. thing, like... It's not like they're even going out and having, like, a normal warm-up. It's basically, like, a concert. They're doing all, like, media stuff and, like, promotions and this and that. And it's all just for fans. And then you expect them to go out there and have, like, you know, playoff-level intensity. It's just, like, why? And, uh, you know, you keep hearing people throwing around, like, they got to put, like, it should be, like, baseball, like, decide home court advantage. Oh, my God. Like, which would be, like, the worst idea ever. brutal, yeah. Right. And I think it's just, again, one of those things where it's, like, yeah, do I wish, like, the players maybe cared a little more and it was, like, a better game? Yes, but... I don't think we need to like come up with all of these ways to motivate them to do that. Like it's just mm-hmm. is what it is. And I think, you know, people, people always like wax poetic about the past and like yearn for days gone or this and that and whatever, but it's just like, it's a different era. It's a different time. And you know, it sounds good to say that, but at the same time, like I don't want my guys out there like busting their asses in the, in the all-star weekend. Like yeah. I don't want that. Especially Celtics fans should remember it wasn't that long ago when the terrorist Nick Nurse played Kevin Walker until his knees ground into dust, and now he's, you know, three <laughs> years later, he's over playing in France. So, like, yeah. that's, you know, proof of in the pudding right there for anyone who wants, like, the All-Star game to be more intense. It's like, <laughs> I'm all set with that. And you look at, you know, guys like Luka and Jokic, who basically just don't even break a sweat out there, um, and it's just like, I think it's fine. Like, you know what you're getting going into it. Um, so it's just like my little rant, I guess, on the all-star game. It kind of, it is what it is. If there's guys who, I wish there would be like more, maybe like taking stuff personal and things like that. I think, you know, one of the cooler moments in recent memory was obviously like Tatum and Brown going back and forth when they weren't on the same team. That was fun. I thought from this game when Trey Young nutmegged Durant, like that was cool. I like guys doing stuff for that, but then, you know, it would have been cool if Durant was like, okay, like took that personally and then tried to go with Trey, like little things within the game can make it fun without it being like, like a crazy intense game right like well and like a structure change like you have to change it so it's like right and uh you know like something uh i forget what it was oh i think it was in like the skills challenge when Wemby did it and someone asked Wemby like if it was fun and he was just like the only thing that's fun is like winning (laughs) something so maybe someone like that like it's i think you just have to get players who like have the right mindset and care and want to go out there and like prove that they're the best against these other guys and this and that but again like the way basketball is discussed now, all the emphasis is just on, like, winning titles. So it's like, no, yeah. you can't win. Last year, Tatum put up 55 points and people the All-Star him, game, yeah. and people are like, oh, he's trying so hard in the All-Star game, blah, blah, <laughs> I know. It's like, you literally, so like, true. can't win. It's like, no matter really what you do, is. you're going to get criticized. So like, I don't want, blame these guys at all. try, then when they actually do try that, and that's kind of what I was yeah. saying with Jalen yeah, in the dunk you, contest, too. It's like, if he tries hard and wins, people will be like, wow, you really had to try that hard to beat a bunch of G-leaguers. He, mm-hmm. again, he did an all right performance. I thought finishing in second isn't like the craziest thing, especially I thought McClung was all right. I do think the ducking over Shaq thing, it's like it always plays. I don't know why, but it's just like <laughs> we got to find someone taller than Shaq to, to, yeah. to get the like, – don't go Wemby. to Wemby. Wemby's right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's kind of – you know, it's like a Dan if you do, Dan if you don't. If you try 100%. too hard in the All-Star Conference, people are like, well, 
oh, like he should only care about winning rings. Then if they right. don't try, people are like, this well, is what's wrong with the sport. They don't want to try. The game. And a perfect Just... example too, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who was like one of the last fringe guys to make it, was kind of like trying down the stretch, and he finished with fifty points. And the reaction is just people making fun of him. Like, wow, look at this try-hard loser who's, like, <laughs> scoring 50 in another loss for, like, Towns. And it's like, he's the one guy. If you spent 20 minutes, like, shitting on the players for not trying, and then you're shitting on the one guy who was trying for trying. Mm-hmm. It's like the same people saying the same things out of both sides of their mouth. And it's like, nothing's going to make these people happy. So why? I'm, gl- I'm almost glad that the players are just like, fuck off. Like, we are not trying. We don't care. Um, yeah. And again, like, it's hard to blame them. And especially now, it's, you know, the money in these sports has gotten so absurd that, like, there's just no reason for these guys to go out and risk anything, like, that could happen. You know, I, I know the chances of getting injured are small, but still, like, imagine if that did happen. It's just like, why the hell would anyone risk it? It really makes no sense. Um, did you see the idea? Did you see the idea? I think it was, um, I think it was Trey on that setup, but I think you said Donovan Mitchell was the one who had the idea. Of them having like the guy like how they had like NBA stream yeah, like a video game like just like, like a megaphone. Yeah. I think yeah. that that might be because like you Definitely. said that's kind of where you know the thing right. that happened where he uh, trade nutmeg Durant. I feel like if you had some guy like on the court being like, oh right. my god, it would just like exactly. Durant might be more likely to be like, okay, well I'm gonna go try to do something cool back yeah. at him, and that's a way to sort of like almost organically without doing like a big like structural right. change like they did before. Yeah. It's like. For like this, you know, where and people got confused and annoyed about that. I right. think if you just could just be something shame as, them. like shame as little as that, yeah, of just being just like, oh my gosh, like that man just cooked him or something like that. And then it's like, all right, well, now I have to go back and cook you back, and you know, right. And then, again, it, it it could be like like lights like lighthearted, but also sort of like you know, just just a couple kind of good of like back and forth, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think I think anything they can try, just make it more fun. Like they shouldn't be tied to any thing yeah. that's like oh we can't break this tradition we can't do this and that it's like there's no the, the whole thing is basically broken like anything you want to try that might work do it and again we talked about before i i still do not understand why they got rid of the elam ending like that always made the end of the game interesting and like that yeah. is one way that actually made them try and at least made the end of the game exciting no matter what and like to get rid of that it just seems like so like you finally did something that kind of worked and getting rid of it i don't understand was it just like too confusing for some people because otherwise like I that think was a brilliant they, I idea. Think they could have got rid of all the other stuff, but I do, yeah, I think that that could have been like, kind of a fun way of doing it, where it's like, that's you know, always made the ending you play fun. three quarters of regular basketball, and then the fourth quarter can just be like, all right, so, you know. Yeah. Like, there was a noticeable difference in intensity the last few years with Elam ending at the end of the game. Obviously, the one, yeah. the Kemba year I talked about, which was crazy. Um, but even in general, like, it just makes, that's, that's like a perfect example of a way that's like a little wonky, but you put that in and you're automatically getting like a higher compete level down the stretch of the game, no matter mm-hmm. what. So that to me made no sense. Um, speaking then more, I guess, about the other All-Star Weekend stuff. Um, first of all, they kind of bury the Rising Stars game on Friday night, but I think that might be like the best event of the whole thing. And yeah. it's because it's a tournament. It's a little mini tournament with four teams and it's all Elam ending target score. Like they play games 240. So it's immediately, like, there's an intensity the second they go out there. They're all intense. They're competing. Um, I mean, that was really the best thing I saw all weekend was that little mini mm-hmm. tournament there. Um, and then the <laughs> kind of the wild card, because there's four teams. Three of them are drafted with rookies and sophomores. And then the fourth team is all G League players, which is kind of funny because that team, like, on paper, you look at it, and you're like, well, this team sucks <laughs> compared to, like, the team they're playing. <laughs> but they're not, like, 
NBA stars. So they're like busting their ass. And it was like, they beat the, they won their first game against the team with like Wemby, Brandon Miller and those guys. Um, And everyone was like, how is this happening? And it was because they were just trying like so much harder. And I think it took the all-star team like five minutes to be like, oh shit, like we actually are going to have to like try. Yeah. And they came back, but it was, they didn't make it to the 40s. So uh, that event is super cool. Um, I wish they'd have that in more of like a marquee time or even like, structure the actual all-star game more like that or something because again that's one thing i've heard some people say making it like like instead of uh two teams having it almost be like a little mini tournament thing or just like like runs and stuff shorter games like again you play a game to 40 in like more of a pickup style these guys are intense like competitors they're gonna wanna they're gonna try like they just are but the way it's formatted now they have really no reason to um and then all-star saturday night I don't think we have to spend too much time, I guess, talking about the dunk contest. Obviously, a little underwhelming from Jalen. Um, but again, like you said, just the same exact people who would be clowning him if he didn't do it are clowning him for doing it and not winning. Where, yep. again, like, also, it's just funny that people throw in the outlier. Like, you can't even beat a G-leaguer. And it's like, Mac McClung is just like a sick dunker. <laughs> like, he's probably the best dunker in the world. He's tiny, which just always makes dunks look cooler when you're that small and can jump that high. So he's that mm-hmm. advantage. And, like, the guy's whole life is dunking at this point. Like, I'm, he's probably... The amount of time prepping for this contest, if you compare the two guys, Jalen's like, I'm an NBA All-Star. I maybe gave this, like, five minutes of thought. Mm-hmm. Mac McClum has probably been playing those dunks and practicing them for an entire year. Like, that's basically his whole livelihood at this point. It's the only reason anyone knows who he is. He's a hell of a dunker. Uh, so I just think that narrative is so funny. I also think it's funny when he's in the dunk contest, hearing the announcer, I think it was Kenny Smith, being like, Mac McClum, like, some, someone's got to give this guy a chance. Like, it's like, why? Because like, he's, he's like good at dunking. Really that's high, it. Yeah. But, right, it's like, teams have. He's in the G League because he's not very good at basketball. Like, yeah. I mean, relative to NBA players. But it's just funny that people's reaction to seeing him win a dunk contest is like, how is he not in the league? How is he not in the league? Every NBA player can dunk. Like, that's not... <laughs> There's If he could go out there and jump over players and dunk in games, he'd be doing it in the G League, and he'd already be in the NBA. Like, yeah, it's just that's a funny narrative that always comes up. Um, the shitting on Jalen is just stupid. Um, he went out there. I thought most of the dunks were fine. The judges were definitely giving him uh, some friendly scoring, which I appreciated. Uh, but the whole scoring system is also so dumb. Where even at the end, it's like, well, this guy has a forty-nine point two out of fifty, and this guy has a forty-eight point seven. And it's like you could just go up there and do a layup, and they'd be like, all right, that's like a forty-six. <laughs> it's just like there's basically like so little margin. So I mean, going into the last dunk, where you know Jalen's dunk was fine but it was like mcclung needed like a 49 point something to win yeah it's like he, that shouldn't be the case so like the whole system of scoring is is dumb well yeah the whole contest it's... itself is is kind of dumb um and then the rhetoric and discourse around it is beyond dumb um and annoying i like that they asked jalen if he'd do it again he's like yeah like if they ask me i'll do it again like yeah it's well, like that meme. It, it's like the it. goofy the goofy meme. <laughs> yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, i'll do it again yeah uh good so i hope that makes people even more upset um, but again, it's we, like we keep saying, you, you just certain people you just can't win them over, no matter what. Speaking he wins, get ripped on. He loses, get ripped Kenny on. Kenny Smith, did you see? Like he just like got himself in a little bit of like hot water. Yeah, and so like, I think I was... the, the so for people who didn't didn't see it, it was like the uh, Steph Curry versus Sabina Sabrina Ionescu. Sabrina Ionescu. Um, I obviously knew that. Um, yeah. Like their three point challenge, and like credit to her. I mean, she 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 would have no, won like, the three point contest credit, if she was credit in to it. both of them. I want to say before you go into the stupid Kenny Smith thing, like yeah. that, I thought was by far the best event of the night. Um, and I think again, this is just another example of like trying cool shit. Like they both, you know, say what you will, but you could tell like they were a little nervous. And like the lady interviewed Steph, and he's like, I was pretty nervous. Like it's one to one. You have no time to warm up. Is do or die. And they both like shot well, and you could tell they cared. And like 
I thought that little thing was by far like maybe the coolest part of the whole All Star Weekend. I said I like the Rising Stars thing, but that was awesome. That was super fun. I'd love to mm-hmm. see more like guys competing. Well, I mean, guys, girls, what have you, but just that changing changing it up to make it a little different, make it more competitive. I thought that was a really cool moment. Um, and yeah, I mean, Sabrina is amazing. Like, what a shooter! What a shooting yeah. display it was by both of them. It was awesome. And then you could talk about uh, yeah. I mean, Ken I, Smith I don't even want to. I, I just have just one thought on it. It's just. So he basically was like saying like she should have shot from the female line to have like a better mm. chance, which I don't even think was that crazy thing to say. But I think the funniest part about it was like I feel like if he just if they just they ignored it, it wouldn't have been brought up again. But he like went on Stephen A. Show like the next day to like be like like check my. It's just like he almost was like talking himself into like getting like himself like canceling. It. It's just like dude, <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone is still thinking about that today. And he's just like hey. Just right. to remind everyone of the fucking thing I said yesterday, like that right. pissed off people. Well, just it was just kind of and, funny. It's but just also like, like you said originally, like it'd be one thing if if he beat her like twenty nine to six and she just bombed completely. Yeah, but, like she did six. Yeah, she, she would have beat yeah, anyone in the actual contest. Yeah, she would have won. She had <laughs> yeah. the same as what Dame Willard had in the final. Like, so. It's just funny that that was his immediate takeaway from that like amazing shooting display by her and then by Snap in his first instincts. Like, well, like. She should have yeah. used like different equipment or like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Line, should be on the chicks line. <laughs> and they but, yeah, it's like he, he had that take in his head no matter, and he was going to use it no matter what. Exactly. Right. And it just like didn't really apply. But he's like, ah, I already prepped, I already prepped this like yeah. talking point. He wrote it down. <laughs> so it's all I right. got. It's like, I have no he put up a take. great score. Like he wasn't saying, should Dame Lillard shoot from a closer line too? Cause like she did better than he did. Yeah. <laughs> all the guys in the actual three point contest did worse than that. From yeah, so should he be shooting from the college line? Like what? It was pretty funny how he kind of. It was just a just hilarious like, take. Att- and... Attempted to like get himself like yeah. reminded everyone about it. And I it. liked like... how uh in in the moment Reggie and who was it Reggie and Candace were both just like basically immediately called him out and were like, what an all idiotic thing to say. Yeah. Uh so yeah. I like that they weren't just kind of awkwardly sitting there. They were both just like, What? Like, what a terrible call. <laughs> so yeah, no, that was uh, yeah that yeah, was good. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the dunk contest is like pretty much ready to go out to pasture. I don't really know how you can it's just I mean there's, it just might be a situation where it's like, how many more like creative dunks can you like have? I don't, I don't know. It's like eventually all the shit has been done, you know, that can right. like, physically be done unless you want to just make it like not NBA players and have it just be like street ball people come in and just like go do something like crazy. Like, you see some videos yeah. online about people doing crazy shit like that. Yeah, but, I think you could also like, almost make it like I heard uh... one suggestion to add the trampolines, make it like slam ball. <laughs> that, okay, no, that's begging for an injury. <laughs> that would be sick. Um, that would be cool to watch. Yeah, maybe if it's not NBA players, right. that'd be fine. But I think you could try something, make it almost like a horse style competition. Something like that could be fun. Or I think, like you said, how it's like everything has been done, but maybe make that like, okay, round one, and then they pull up some like classic dunk. It's like a Vince Carter, a Dominique dunk, and it's like, everyone do that dunk, and we'll see like who does it the best. And maybe instead of their stupid judging, it's like you get points like one through four, all the guys based on who does it the best, who does it the worst. And that's maybe the whole like first segment is just recreating classic dunks. Because it's not like those dunks wouldn't like look sick now if someone else did them. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, that's half the contest already. If you're creating this old stuff. So, and then it, right, and then it takes the judging out of it, and it takes out, like, the prep and creativity and stuff, where it's like, you know, I don't think anyone's walking away from that contest being, like, anything definitive. It's more just, like, Mac McClum clearly had the best, like, planning and the best strategy and spent the most time prepping. But, like, again, you kind of level the playing field with this other stuff. Um, I don't know. I think that may be cool, and then maybe you go to the finals, and then it's more of, like, okay, now you can do your best dunk or something, so. I don't know. Again, I mean, I think they can experiment with it, but at the end of the day, like, I don't think this stuff is super important, and, um, again, the discourse and reaction to it just kind of justifies 
why it, it is that way because people just hate fun and want yeah. reasons to be like mad for no reason so all right um it is yeah, what it is well, that's also our weekend um <laughs> that's also our weekend. That, that's also our weekend um yeah uh, I don't really. I know you said that there's no, there's not a whole lot in the league. I did just want to mention the. Did you see the video of the Mavs fan? Like I guess calling mm-hmm. her a bitch, and he stopped and talked to him. First of yeah. all, when the camera panned, if people haven't seen it, we'll retweet it from the Chuddy's Corner account. But when they panned to those people, it's just like I can't think of a more just like Dallas Mavericks like couple like fan couple than those two. But it was right. it was just so weird because. Like the lady was just like, oh no! Like, she's like trying to. Like, it was like she was almost doing like, I want to yeah. shake your hand. Oh, they, like, no, they immediately as soon as. Which first of all, I'm always a fan of when, I guess like celebrities in general. But when if like, you can go there, you sit courtside, and you want to chirp a player, like that's fine with me. But then like yelling. the player has every right to go get in your face and give it right back to you. Like, well, it is just I, I feel like it's I'm just totally like just yelling bitch to the guy. It's just like what? It's not like, even like thoughtful or creative. Yeah, it's just like. Why you're a grown man? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then, yeah. did you see they caught it on tape? The guy was like, "I host a podcast." And Durant just like, like literally, like turned and walked away from him. It's like, well, yeah, and it's like I'm done talking to you. He was but saying I, it's like it almost sounded like he said like called out like for doing stupid shit. Anyone who's like, oh, like Durant shouldn't even like engage. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I like calling people out for being like idiots. So it's almost it was almost totally like the guy that. was saying like you're gonna find this really funny. Like, I feel like I heard him, like, saying right. that. Like, once I explain the situation. Yeah. Let me tell you something here. I gotta, this is, you know. But, yeah, that's just, I guess that's probably, like, the only real other around the NBA news <laughs> that came out. We'll, we'll have more of a breakdown after uh, Saturday's game. We'll have some more games yeah. and stuff on the slate. But, For sure. Um, that takes us to uh, uh, Saturday night. Uh, I think it's, like, a 8.30 start. Uh, Celtics uh, go to Madison Square Garden to play. The Knicks, Knicks obviously were a team that was on a pretty good run. They got some tough injuries, but go ahead and give us a little breakdown of what people can expect from that matchup. Yeah, I mean, that kind of is the breakdown. Honestly, after the trade deadline, the Knicks <laughs> were, no, I mean, they were the hottest team in the league. Like, honestly, I think there was a solid stretch of time there where you could make a real case that whenever, with every team at full strength, the Knicks might have been the second best team in the East, maybe the toughest competition for the Celtics. Um, they were absolutely rolling. I don't know if they actually got up to the two seed, but they were very close. Um, and then... Obviously, Julius Randle went down with a tough injury. Now, OG Ananobi has also gone down with a tough injury. Uh, both of those guys will be out, I'm pretty sure, Saturday night, probably far beyond. Um, they're hoping to get those guys back, but they've lost those two. Mitchell Robinson, obviously, they had lost much earlier in the season. Um, so it's basically become Jalen Brunson and a lot of role players. Uh, they're still playing pretty well, credit to them. Um, they haven't really seeded a ton of ground, but uh, you can tell the injuries are catching up with them a little bit. Much more of a skeleton crew out there. Uh, they basically just trot out anyone, you know, if you went to Villanova, the Knicks will probably give you a shot. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's really it's really all about Jalen Brunson at this point for them, especially on the offensive end. Um, the guys they brought into from the trade deadline, Bogdanovich, is uh, he's all right, but I think he's looked a little probably more washed than they were hoping. Not a very good defensive player, um, which doesn't really totally fit with, obviously, how the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau want to play. Um, but again, I think credit to Tibbs, whoever's out there, you know what you're going to get from this team. You know, they're going to fight, uh, scrap, claw, all that annoying stuff they do. They've got a bunch of irritants on their team. Uh, your boy Hartenstein, of course, Josh Hart, I feel like always kind of gives the Jays some issues, um, Mm -hmm. get a little mouthy. So it'd be nice to go out and just kind of stomp these guys out, make a little bit of a statement as they're missing two of their star players. Um, sure it'll be a tough game, but again, one that the Celtics should be able to win. Very nice to stomp them out, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
But Jalen Brunson, you know, he's been one of the best guards in the entire NBA. He'll be tough, so that'll be a good test for uh, Derek, Drew, maybe Jalen, whoever uh, gets the task. But I think he it's a very uh, become a very kind of one-man show for the Knicks, especially on offense. So I think if we can take away Brunson, uh, stop him from kind of getting into the paint, breaking down the defense, getting himself going, I think the Celtics uh, should be a very good position to get a win. All right, cool. So, uh... Chuddy Scorner will be back on Saturday. Shout out Nick, guest hosting for me on Saturday. I will uh, be not available Saturday, but I will be looking forward to listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to Chuddy's Corner on YouTube, on whatever platform you listen to us, uh, podcasts on. We stream it on every every platform imaginable. Um, make sure you're checking out Chuddy'sCorner.com um, for all your blogs, especially on Monday for the Chuddy's Corner or the King Chuddy Power Rankings. Um, and yeah, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. Chuddy, good to see you. Good to be back in the swing. It's our stretch run, too. Um, so you know, if any fans have things they want from us from the stretch run, feel free at chuddyscorner.com to leave us a voicemail. Um, mm-hmm. we'll be back Saturday. Chuddy, have a good one. Peace out, Chuddy Heads.